Well, good morning, Crossroads Church. It's wonderful to, to be with you. I bet said see you. You can see me, and I'm just, I'm guessing that I can't see you, but I am so glad that you're with us. Blessings to you, and I trust this has been a great week for you. And I am, I'm confident that today, as, as we look at God's Word together, it's going to be a wonderful time gathered around God's Word. A couple of things real quick. Just to remind you, and Amanda did a great job of kind of getting us up to, up to speed with what's coming this week, but I just want to take a minute, the 40-day prayer challenge, we're right, I think day 14, something like that. This is such a great time, and I, I want to challenge you to pray, but I want, you to, I want to challenge you to be with us at 7.14 every morning. It's a wonderful few moments together as we join in unity to pray that God would bring an end to this pandemic. So join us, 714 tomorrow morning. Also, next weekend, communion on Sunday. We're going to do a live Zoom communion, and we're going we're gonna to change the time up a little bit. We're going to go to 5 p.m. in the afternoon, so we'll give you more information this week. So just be ready for the Zoom communion. It was a wonderful time on Good Friday and looking forward uh, on Sunday when we can gather together again. And we'll give you more information on how to connect and all of those good things. Well, we're in a series of messages that is from the book Philippians titled, Joy Regardless. Joy regardless. And let me begin today by asking you a question. And, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, I, if we were in person asking this question, we'd get a lot of audience response. But I'm kind of guessing you're going to be able to respond in your own way right where you may be viewing this this morning. So here's the question. Is your life thriving right now? Thriving. Now, I love that word, thrive. But to be honest, it's a very tough question to ask at this moment. So let me help you a little bit. To, to thrive means to prosper, be fortunate, successful, or to grow or develop vigorously. Here's another wonderful word, to flourish. So ask again, is your life thriving right now? It's quite a question, isn't it? Especially at the time in which we find ourselves in April 2020. And you might be saying right now, I said, Gary, how can you even ask a question like that? Are you like the only person on the planet that doesn't know the world is closed? I mean, come on. How in the world? I'm staying at home all the time. I'm working from home. I'm all of these, just my, my life has just been completely turned upside down. And you're asking me if I'm thriving? Is my life thriving? Well, yeah, I am. Poet Maya Angelou, she said something really, really significant. She said, my mission in life is not to merely exist, but to thrive. Man, that's, that's powerful. My mission in life is not to just exist, but to thrive. Now, I, I don't know if, if she feels as if she's accomplished that. I don't know that. But think about Think about it this way for a moment. Do we put qualifiers around whether or not we are thriving in life? For example, I'm only going to thrive when the times are good. Or, how about this, I'm only going to thrive when I don't have to shelter in place. I'm only going to thrive when my financial position is secure and 
you know, and consistent. I'm only going to thrive when I don't have to social distance. I'm only going to thrive when I get my dream job. I'm only going to thrive when I don't have to wear a mask. I'm only going to thrive when I finally retire. I'm only going to thrive when I'm not threatened with a global pandemic. Think about that. You see, those are all qualifiers to whether or not we're thriving. But if we were to adjust our thinking, adjust our spirits, our attitudes, to say, my mission in life is not just to exist, but to thrive, I wonder if all of those conditions would just slip aside and slip away. So I wonder, can we thrive? Can we thrive when society's currents, not the current society, but the, the currents of society, push us and pull us into uncharted waters? You see, society pushes against us. So the currents of society pushes against, push against us and they pull at us. I would say it another way. Can we thrive when the winds, when the winds of change and challenge blow us in unexpected directions? Well, I, I, I believe we can. How? How? The joy of the Lord sustains a life that thrives. The joy of the Lord sustains a life that thrives. And that's what our series is about. This series of joy, regardless, is a study in the book of Philippians. And so, now as we get to the book of Philippians, this letter written to this church at Philippi, it's been about 10 years since Paul was there and had visited them, and now he finds himself in a Roman prison. Now, now think about that. I have a I have this sense in my heart as I've read this book numerous times that even though he's in prison, circumstances aren't the best, he's still thriving. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is sustaining him. It is deepening this, the joy of the Lord is sustaining him, but he's, he's finding He's finding ways to thrive even in the middle of very challenging moments. And so this morning what we want to do is I want to take just a few moments and we're going to look at some wonderful things that help us understand how we can thrive. So look with me if you would to Philippians chapter 1. We're going to read from verses 3 through verses 8. Through verse 8. Now, if you're following us on version, all of the notes and the additional scriptures are there, so I encourage you to go there, or get your Bible, or that your, your tablet or smartphone, or however you might be following us, and look with me at Philippians chapter 1, beginning at verse number 3. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for your word. Speak life to us and encouragement. In Jesus' name, amen. I've never thought much about anchors until I was preparing for the message this weekend. 
Now, we all have a pretty basic idea of what an anchor is. An anchor is a device that uses, that's used to connect a boat to the, to the seafloor or to the lake floor to anchor it into position so that it holds against the currents, the winds, and the waves. Now, let me go back to what I said a few minutes ago. Maybe you just kind of missed it, but I want to reinforce it. Can we thrive when society's currents push us and pull us in uncharted waters? Can we thrive when the winds of change and challenge blow us in unexpected directions? We can. We can. When we have anchors. And you see, if the joy of the Lord sustains, it, it, it sustains our life and helps us thrive, what are some anchors that anchor that joy in place, that, that keep us so that our joy is always sustained and is deepening? Well, that's what we're going to talk about for a few moments. And there are six anchors that we're going to chat about today. The first one is this, is gratitude. Gratitude. Paul starts off by saying, I thank my God. Gratitude. Now, literally every year when Thanksgiving comes along, I say something along the lines of, this is my favorite holiday. Now, don't misunderstand me. I, I like all the holidays. They're all terrific. But something about Thanksgiving, you know, it's, it's food, it's football, and it's family. You know, now, <laughs> those are some of, the, some of the peripheral issues that cause me to be thankful for it. But, but, maybe the, that which causes me to be grateful for that, that moves it to be my favorite holiday is this, is that at least for one day, it seems as if everybody in the U.S. is grateful for something. That's really special. Not only do I say that this is my favorite holiday, I'll also say something along this line, that this shouldn't be the only day of the year that we express gratitude. Gratitude should be something that just is a part of our life as a follower of Christ. It's fascinating to me that Paul begins by talking about or, or speaking to these friends in Philippi. And he says it this way, thank you. I thank God every time for you. I, for you. And if you look through this passage, you notice about eight different times uh, you or your is mentioned. He's making this very personal. When he says, I thank God for you, that is significant. Paul had a heart of gratitude for those that he knew and those that he served alongside. And, you know, what a, what, is, what a wonderful spirit, what a wonderful attitude to possess. I know we talk about attitude a lot, but it is so important. Literally, it drives everything. A, a, a German-Jewish poet by the name of Berthold Auerbach wrote this. He said, thankfulness is the soil in which joy thrives. Man, thankfulness is the soil in which joy thrives. I don't believe that our joy will be sustained and it won't be deepened and we won't have joy regardless and we certainly won't thrive without, without gratitude. We've got to be grateful people. Can I just pause for a second and just remind us all that I'm, I'll just say it for me. I'm so grateful for what God has done in my life and I know you feel the same. If you know Jesus this morning, you are great. I know you're grateful for what God has done in our life. And that gratitude needs to just permeate everything we do, every, everything we say. Gratitude will sustain and it will deepen our joy. 
Paul says this, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. You know what's fascinating about that? If you recall, last week we talked a little bit about how the church was formed. One of the ways it was formed was Paul was in prison. Paul and Silas had been beaten, and they're sitting in, in, in stocks in a jail. You know, it's interesting, Paul doesn't remember that, or if he remembers it, he doesn't draw attention to it. In other words, he doesn't look back and say, oh, I remember the, the crummy times. I'm sure that was there somewhere, but when he remembers the people in Philippi, or rather, when he remembers Philippi, he's thankful for the people that are there, not the circumstances. And I'm convinced there is no joy without gratitude. And two different things that I just want to leave with you. The first is this, be grateful for the people. Be grateful for the people in your life, your family members, your friends, your neighbors, those you work alongside. Those you haven't spoken to in a long time. Maybe a high school or college friend or, or someone you served in the military alongside. Be thankful for the people in your life. Paul was. First Thessalonians chapter 3, he writes, So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our trouble and suffering. Now listen to what Paul says. Dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith, it gives us new life to know that you, are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Paul was thankful for the people in his life. Can I encourage you to do the same thing? The second small observation is be grateful regardless of the circumstances. Come on. You know, there, there, are, there are challenges outside of what we are presently in the midst of, but we can still be grateful. And we should be grateful. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. Be thankful in all circumstances. You ready for this? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What? All circumstances. Be thankful. In the midst of all of that, we can be grateful. You see, the root of joy is gratefulness. It is not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. One more time. The root of joy is gratefulness. It is not joy that makes us grateful. And I want you to catch this. It's not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. And it's an anchor. And it will anchor our joy. And it will allow us to thrive. Second anchor is prayer. Prayer. Paul says, I always, I always pray with joy. And now next week, we're going to talk more about prayer. In, in fact, Here's, here's the way I'm kind of looking at it, the prayer of joy. Now, we'll get into more details about that, but think about this for a moment. Prayer shouldn't be a duty, an obligation. It really shouldn't, and I've said this on many occasions over the years, that it shouldn't be our last resort. It should be our first option. But it's more about receiving something from God, and it's more about that. It's more about connecting with him. In fact, Richard Foster would say it this way, prayer is more than thoughts and feelings expressed in words. It is the, open, it's the opening of mind and heart. You hear that? It's the opening of mind and heart, our whole being to God. That, that's really critical. It's more than just receiving something from God. It's making a connection with him. It is communication with God, it's God himself. Can you imagine for me to, for a moment, if we were to always pray, ready for this, with joy? Always with joy? My goodness. What a change I think there would be in me 
if I prayed always with joy. Paul says, I always pray with joy. Now, his prayer is directed at the people of Philippi. I get that very, that very narrow context, and it's absolutely what it is. He's praying always with joy with them, for them, because of them. But let's just take it just a tiny bit wider. The first thing that I see here is that if I'm praying with joy, I'm praying spirit-led prayers. Why? Because joy is a fruit of the Spirit. It is an evidence of what Jesus has done in me and in you. So really, I should be praying with joy always and in all things, about everything. Joy should be the centerpiece of my prayers. Why? Because it's a fruit of the Spirit of God. It should be a natural byproduct of what Christ has done in me. Paul would say to the Romans this way, also the Spirit helps us with our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself speaks to God for us, even begs God for us with deep feelings that words cannot explain. God can see what it is in people's hearts, and he knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit speaks to God for his people in the way God wants. Not only is it a spirit-led prayer, but we are to pray continually, continual praying. Paul says, I always pray with joy. Now, one could just say it's the, the, the qualifier is always with joy. I get that. But what if we just say, I pray always? I think that's applicable. Because Paul would say, again, to the, the Thessalonians, this, just these two words, pray continually. Pray continually. That's something that you and I can do. Think about the sequestered life that each of us have at this point. Are you spending more time in prayer? And are those prayers directed of the Holy Spirit? Are there prayers always with joy? You see, prayer is an anchor. It anchors our joy in place. And we can be joy, we can have joy regardless because God is giving us a tool, a way in which our joy can be sustained, and that is through prayer. Prayer is an imperative. Prayer is an imperative if we are going to thrive. It's an imperative. It's an anchor. The third anchor this morning is partnership. Partnership. Paul says it this way, your partnership in the gospel, that's the way he characterizes it. There's a phrase that's buzzing a lot these days. We're in this together. Now, if you did a a Google search on those words, about 3.4 billion different hits on those words. Now, I never thought I'd be saying it. I don't know that I've ever said it until this particular context or in this particular context of the season that we find ourselves. We're in this together. But seriously, think about it this way. Paul's expressed gratitude. He has acknowledged that he always prays with joy. Why? Because of the partnership that he shares with his friends in Philippi. The word partnership or fellowship in some translations, here it's used in a little different, little different frame. It's used in respect to the practical support that Paul's efforts to proclaim the gospel and meet the needs of other believers. See, what has happened is the Philippians have come alongside Paul and helped him in, a very, ta- in very tangible ways. And he says, I thank you. I thank you for this partnership. I, 
I'm so grateful for what you have done. Partnership, fellowship, the sharing of life together is significant as it relates to anchoring our joy in our life. And, and I would just, again, in a couple of different ways that I'm thinking through, I just want to stop and pause and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your partnership at Crossroads Church in Temecula, California. Without you, we could not be doing what we're doing. I, I, I just, I want to, I want to, just gives a shout out of praise this morning. Circle of Care, as many of you may know, some of you may not know, Circle of Care is here to provide physical food, tangible resources to those in need. And it meets four days a week, Monday through Thursday, 1030 to 1230. This past week, this past week, Circle of Care served over 1,600 families. Did you hear that? 1,600 families. Your partnership made that possible. There were, there were, there were members or, or, or partners of Crossroads Church. What were they doing? They were out picking fruit this week to provide for Circle of Care. Way to go. Thank you for your partnership. You see, by the fact that we have a building where Circle of Care can store all of their supplies and they're here to, it's a place of resource. Thank you for that. It's your partnership. Thank you for your ongoing generosity that provides the opportunity for online gatherings as we are doing. Our missionaries have had support uninterrupted because of your partnership. Thank you for your partnership. Thank you. You see, it's an expression of generosity and that's a core value of who we are. But I just want to say thank you for your partnership. And I'm going to tell you something. Here, here's, here's the truth. When we're generous, joy becomes, an, joy becomes an outgrowth, the outcome of generosity. So thank you. Philippians chapter 4, this is what Paul would say to the Philippians later. As you know, you Philippians are the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. He's just saying thank you for their partnership. It's an anchor. Also, in, in regards to partnership, we need each other. We need each other. I really can't do life without you. And you can't do life without me. You go, wait a minute, yes I can't. No, you can't, you can't. I'm not letting you off the hook, you can't. I can't do life without you. Now if you go back to the traditional definition of fellowship or koinonia, it's the shared life that we have. We, we need to share life together. So next Sunday night, we're going to share life by way of Zoom over the Lord's Supper. You, if you're not in a life group, in a life group, right now in the live chat, just let, let our staff know, I want to be in a life group. You know, email us. Email us. Email Starla at go to crossroads.com. Say, I want to get in a life group. How can I do that? Let us know. We're here to help because we need to share life together. So very important. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 from the message paraphrase. Listen to this. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles and the life together. The common meal and the prayers. That life together. Be committed to that. So for me to you, for me to you, I just want to read this verse one more time. 
directly to you. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Thank you for your partnership. Partnership is an anchor. When we are sharing life, when we are in partnership with each other, our joy, our joy remains. It's regardless of what may happen around us and our lives will thrive. The next anchor is confidence. Confidence. There's a great verse, probably one of the one of these power verses of Philippians. In fact, I, I read in, in my preparation for the study in Philippians that it's one of the most quoted books in all of Scripture. There are so many good verses. This is one of them. Paul would say it this way, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will complete it to the day of Christ Jesus. There it is. He who began a good work in you. What, what is he talking about? He's talking about confidence. I'm confident of this. I'm confident of this. You see, the security that we have in Christ, that Christ has begun a good work in us, and I can, I, I can look right here and just say it this way, Christ, if you know Christ, he has begun a good work in you. It's not a mediocre work. It's a good work. It's something that is magnificent. Not only has he begun a good work in you, but he's going to complete it. He, he's a finisher. He, he's the one that gets it across the finish line, as it were. Philippians 2.12, we would read this, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. You see, God has, has begun amazing things in us. He has saved us. He sustains us. And he will save us again when he returns, the day of Christ Jesus. This, but this in-between salvation, in-between salvation and the coming salvation, when we step into the presence of Christ, listen to this carefully, we need to work out... We need to work out what he has worked in our life. How do we do this? How do we do it? Well, I would go to John 15. Jesus said some, just such a significant chapter. And listen to what we read. He starts off by telling you, he's the vine, he's the vine. So he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I remain in, in them... If any remain in me and I remain in them, they produce much fruit. But without me, they can do nothing. I have obeyed my Father's commands and I remain in his love. In the same way, if you obey my commands and you remain in my love, you will remain in my love. I have told you these things. Listen to this. I have told you these things so that you can have the same joy I have and so that your joy will be the fullest possible joy. You see, we have a confidence that he has begun a good work in us, and as we remain in him, something happens. We, are, we have joy regardless. It is sustained. This is an anchor. Have confidence in what Jesus has begun in you and know that he will bring it to completion. He's doing something good in the in-between. The in remain in him. And what's going to happen? The fullest possible joy will be yours. Man, what a promise. You see, confidence in what Christ has done and is doing and will do is an anchor. It anchors our joy so that we can thrive regardless of what may be happening around us. The next anchor is 
Grace. Grace. What a marvelous word. Grace. We've sung this song, maybe. Oh, I'm pretty confident. You've sung this song or heard this song. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. There it is. It's just those two first words. Amazing grace. And that's exactly what it is. Grace is freely given and freely available. And as an anchor, we simply cannot do without it. It is absolutely essential as an anchor to our life. And, and it, it, will, it will allow us to sustain and deepen our joy regardless. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, powerful verse. See to it that no one misses the grace of God. And see to it that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. You know, what, a, what is equally powerful about this verse is the implied result. That if grace is missed, the, there's potential for bitterness and trouble. Can I just pause for a moment? Bitters, bitterness and trouble are very much opposite, and I would even say opposed to joy. They fight against joy. They rob us of joy. Grace, when we embrace it, joy becomes more of a natural result, a natural outcome. Grace is an anchor. You see, we will be driven by the, the winds and currents in every direction and in uncharted waters. No question. But without this anchor firmly in place, wow, we're in for some challenging moments. Joy can be stripped from us. I'm grateful that our difficulties and challenges can never outstrip the supply of God's grace. There you go. You, you see, there's, there's a lot of things that oppress against us, but with the anchor of grace in place, remember, grace is powerful enough to erase your guilt. Grace is big enough to cover your shame. Grace is real enough to heal your relationships. Grace is strong enough to hold you up when you're weak. Grace is sweet enough to cure your bitterness. Grace is satisfying enough to deal with your disappointments. Grace is beautiful enough to redeem your brokenness. Grace is amazing enough to save us completely. Man, that's just so good and it's so true. Joy regardless is anchored in grace. And with it, we will thrive. Finally, the sixth anchor is affection. Affection. Paul concludes this portion of the first chapter of Philippians by saying it this way, with the affection of Christ Jesus. The affection of Christ Jesus. You can say love, that works. When I was in college, I had the privilege of being a part of a, a public relations team. And we traveled tens of thousands of miles all over the western states. It was, we had just a, it was a blast. It was a wonderful experience. And in all of those travels and all of those miles, we, we met so many amazing people, had so many great experiences. So many host homes walked with us and were encouraging to us. Well, one of the, one of the little mashups that we did as far as music was concerned, we took a pop song of the day, and now this is going to date me. I get it, but I'm all right with that. I'm good. That song was, you ready? What the world needs now is love, sweet love. We took that song and, you know, we'd start it off and people go, what are they, what are they doing? And then we'd, we'd transition the song 
to another gospel song again that'll date me, it'll age me. That was Jesus is the answer for the world today. And we, we were able to blend it in such a way that we could, we could pose, we could pose the, the statement of that the world needs love. And really the only source of that is Christ. It's Christ. You see, the love of Jesus that Paul had experienced, that he is referencing, and the love of Jesus that we have experienced, it's an anchor. And I will tell you, when we express our love to Jesus Christ and we live within his love, we have joy regardless. And we have a life that thrives. Listen to how Eugene Peterson so wonderfully kind of unpacks this love as an anchor. And hear it carefully. Romans 8 from the message paraphrase. So what do you think? With God on our side like this, how can we lose? If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen? Who would dare even to point a finger? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment sticking up for us. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, nor backstabbing, not even the worst of sins. Listen to Scripture. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. I want to tell you, love the affection of Christ Jesus that he has poured out into our life and that reciprocal love relationship that we have with him is an anchor that will allow us to have a life that thrives and to have joy regardless. It's all over this. These are anchors. These are anchors. And they sustain and deepen our joy. They allow us to thrive in life. And regardless of what may be happening, joy remains strong. I heard a story about a, a naval academy in England. And in that naval academy, an admiral had showed up and he was kind of reviewing the, the, these recruited sailors. And so he came up to one young sailor and asked him this question. He said, what would you do, what would you do if a storm blew up? Sailor responded, I'd drop an anchor, sir. So the admiral came back at him and said, Sailor, what would you do if that anchor broke and another storm blew up? Said, I'd drop another anchor, sir. So the admiral, I think getting a little bit incensed, he, he said, all right, what if... Uh, what would you do if a third storm blew up and, you know, what, what would you do at that point? And that anchor had broken. The sailor said, I'd drop a third anchor, sir. Well, finally, the admiral had enough. And he said, sailor, where are you getting all these anchors? And the sailor said, same place you're getting all the storms. The, the point of that, that, that little story is this. 
There are a lot of storms out there. But there is no limited supply that the, of the anchors that God has for us that will sustain and deepen and allow, sustain and deepen our joy and allow us to live a life that thrives. We can have joy regardless. But let's let these anchors go deep. Let them be, let's be reminded of, of the strength of these anchors, of whether it's gratitude or whether it's affection or prayer. Whatever the anchor might be that most speaks to your life, understand it will allow us to have a life that thrives. I'm grateful for that today. And so I would ask this morning maybe where you are today. The currents of life are, and presently really strong are pushing you in uncharted waters. And you feel your joy kind of, kind of, kind of flittering away. Or you know, the winds are pushing it. They're blowing against you, and it's hard to maintain that joy regardless. And thriving, man, I haven't even considered that. Well, can I, can I just speak word of life to you today? Not my words, but God's word. There are anchors. There are anchors that can anchor your joy, that will sustain and deepen it, that you can have joy regardless, and you can have a life that thrives. And that's found first in a life surrendered, given to Jesus Christ. He loves you with a love that is unending, as we've just read it a moment ago. There is grace that is amazing, free, and available. That's bigger than anything that you might be facing today. If you just took those two anchors this morning, and you said, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give, give Jesus a chance in my life. I'm going to choose Jesus. That'll be the best decision you'll ever make to choose Jesus. You might be in a place too where you're saying, man, I just feel so much pressure from the outside. So many things going on. I, I don't feel like my life is thriving, but that's what I want. Once again, God's grace is enough to allow your life to thrive. So I want to pray that way this morning. So I would invite you to pray with me. And if today, if you don't know Jesus, would you just pray the simplest of prayers? Would just say it this way, Jesus, be my Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Change me. I dedicate my life to you from this moment forward. I confess you as Savior. I declare you as Lord, and I believe that you're alive. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. And Lord, I also pray this morning for those who, who, who desire more than anything to have their life thrive. Help us to anchor, anchor that, that these things will anchor joy within our lives so that we can have joy regardless. And, and out of that, we can thrive in life no matter what may be pressing against us. So Lord, I pray to that end this morning. And I ask you, Jesus, that you will do a miracle that you will, you will bring joy where joy has not been present. Lord, you will do something amazing in each of our lives. Lord, let us put into practice these anchors. Let them go deep into the bedrock of, the bedrock of faith, the bedrock of truth, which is your word. Whether it's gratitude or affection or prayer or grace, 
Lord, I pray partnership. Whatever that anchor is that speaks most to us, I pray, Lord, it would go deeply and it would embed deeply and strongly that we would have joy regardless and that our lives would thrive. And all of these things, Jesus, we know that you are at work in us and that we can have joy regardless and we can have a life that thrives. We give you all the honor and the praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. So glad that you could have jo you joined us today. And if you need prayer today, if you chose Christ today as Savior, let me, can I encourage you to do something? Would you right now take your smartphone and would you text us at 951-331-5167 and let us know that you have chosen Christ or you need prayer. We want to pray with you. We want to journey faith with you. And I, I more than anything, and, and really I would speak for our entire staff, we want your life to thrive. We want your life to thrive. And we're here to help you thrive and have joy regardless. Blessings to you. Have a great, great day and a marvelous week.